0: a free download from Delancey Elam Church. Meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanc St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us to find out more information about us, please visit our website at Luke chapter 2. I want to bring a, I suppose just a phrase of what takes place at this time. It's the story of the shepherds. I want to bring just a phrase really rather than look at the story. Luke chapter 2 And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day the, the city of David, a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you'll find a babe wrapped in a swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth, peace, goodwill towards all men. I don't you know, when I love, when I kind of read a lot of these these scriptures, I love to sum See it in my mind's eye. Let me do that. Not just verse you read a page, but just kind of perceive it, get some idea of a picture of it. And there's a phrase there. I wanted to, well, want to think about this morning. This phrase, "great joy." You'll find that throughout the birth, the great joy was one of the, the was one of the major emphasis. Great joy came so much of, of that took place. I kind of think the thing that really transforms lives, really ultimately speaking, is supernatural joy realize the power of joy supernatural joy when this announcement was made there was 400 years of silence from the book of malachi for 400 years no word from god they never heard one word from god and the, almost the first word that he spoke after 400 years is great joy and if you see there's this it's almost, as it says this multitude of angels, almost the sky was covered with angels, Water to war. You know, no movie could, you could never get this, any movie could ever fully show this. It's like war to war angels. And they're all just portraying and declaring, filled with joy. Almost there was shouts of joy filling the planet. Isn't that awesome? Shouts of joy just filling the planet. And it says that when the shepherds kind of got a hold of that, and we used to sing that, you know, shepherds wash, uh, I was going to say shepherds washing their socks. I, I've done that so much. I, I just, I knew, I thought, I don't say that. I knew it was going to happen. I just knew I was going to say it. I just knew I was going to say that. It was good. Everyone and then, When you try to avoid saying something, it's the very thing you say. I only notice that. I can see Sid and Laurie. They used to sing that all the time. I can just see them doing that. I really can. But these shepherds, basically, they never left their flock. They never, that's one thing they would never do. It was almost, it was your job that you did 24-7. And the Bible says they were so filled with joy, they left their flock to go and behold Jesus. Now, do you know, do you realize that the wise men did the same thing? I never realized this verse until I kind of thought about it and studied it, but look at Matthew 2. Matthew 2 verse 10. You know, I've preached on the wise men many times, but this is kind of one verse. I never ever kind of saw this. Because it says in Matthew ten two 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, what? With exceedingly what? great joy. You know what that literally means? If you look at it in the literal translation, it means violent, ferment, overpowering joy so took over them they wouldn't stop that's what it means literally the the joy was so overwhelming they just couldn't stop the joy that impacted their life i'm basically saying is this often in the natural people live from the outside in i say people live their lives in other words what what happens in their circumstances and their situations often affects them from within now, as believers, we're not called to live our life from the outside in. How many realize that? We are meant to live our lives from what the inside out. I think joy can be so strong, it's stronger than what is outside of us. And when that joy kind of really has a grip on us, then what is outside of us actually doesn't necessarily have to affect what's inside of us. That's the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is a result of happenings. In other words, you know, if things going great and wonderful for you, you feel happiness. But the moment things to go wrong, go wrong because you're looking for because you're living your life from the outside in, then what happens outside of you affects what's happening inside of you, rather than what's inside of you affecting what's outside of you. And God calls us, to, and I think the joy of the Lord can be so great. So strong, so powerful, that no matter what circumstances hit our lives, then that joy is so strong, it actually is stronger than the things outside of us. The issue is is where we live our life from. Whether we live it from the outside in or from the inside out. That's where the that's where the, the power is. How many realise that? That's where it is, it's the inside, the joy of the Lord. Let me show you a scripture, challenging scripture, one you I'm sure you know, but it's one you're thinking it's an ouchy ouchy one really. But James one, two, verse four. I think over the years I've just particularly found this this scripture so challenging. James chapter one. James chapter 1, 2 to 4. It says, My brethren, that means us, <coughs> count it all a joy when, and here's the, big, here's the big iffy, count it all a joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its full and perfect work. that you Notice this, that you may be perf- perfect and lacking in nothing. Let me read it from the, the Passion Translation. This is what the Passion Translation puts in, it, and it it kind of reveals it shows us what this verse is really saying. It says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, and here's the thing see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience all the joy that you can you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And when your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection to every part of your being until there's nothing missing, nothing lacking. In other words, it's saying that, that the, the power of joy is almost as is, is a lifestyle that provides the presence and the security of God. It's the capacity for you to overcome any circumstance, so no matter what's occurring, the Bible says here, you lack nothing. That's what it's all about, really. It's almost through the trial, the joy empowers us to bring us into a point in God where we don't lack anything. Best way to describe it is this, is that, really that... In other words, the circumstances actually shouldn't diminish the joy. The circumstances actually here, we're told, should actually increase the joy. They don't reduce it, they increase it. In other words, that when we're going through something, those trials actually are not opportunities to pull us down, but they're rather opportunities to pull us up. But not opportunities to drive us away from God, but there are opportunities for us to receive more from God. Yeah, awesome. So we rejoice in the circumstance and the trials because they now become new doors, opportunity for us to receive something from God we never had before. The something of God increases in us the trials, but actually because of the trials. <coughs> I and mean, have found that in life. How many found that you discovered greater strength in the challenge than before the challenge? How many found a greater peace before the difficulty than, before, than after the difficulty than before In other words, for everything God does, the trials and the difficulties and the challenges that throughout our lives are actually opportunities. If somebody, for example, you're working with right now, man. Somebody, a very difficult person you work with. Okay, I'm not asking you to put your hand up to say that. But but maybe, say you have a real awkward, difficult person that you work with. How many realise that difficult person that you work with actually is an opportunity for you to receive something more of God? More patience, more joy, more love. Because... The love of God enables us not to love people who are just nice to us, but to love the people who are a challenge to us. And the Bible says these trials and things that it's our lives are not mean to kind of bring us or cause us to diminish anything, but actually should begin, begin to bring incredible increase of the things of God in our life. And almost when you begin to view trials like that, almost you begin to Be grateful for the trials. You begin to rejoice in the trials because you rejoice in the trials because through the trials that you are going to receive far more of God's presence. Instead of seeing them in a negative way, you begin to see the possibilities that those problems or challenges can bring. You don't see them as a negative thing. You actually see a Positive thing. You see what those things can bring, the positive things that they can bring in your life. And the Bible says to rejoice in all things. You know why we rejoice in all things? Because rejoicing in those things means that you're not going to give up. Rejoicing is a stay. Rejoice says, I don't give up on the promise. I don't give up because of the challenge. I'm seeing this thing through until I see the promise brought about and fulfilled in my life. And often, I think rejoicing is a, cho- a challenge. We can either choose to be miserable, or we can choose to rejoice. And it's good to let your rejoicing connect to the problem before you connect to the problem. And I think it's such an awesome power. How many believe in the power of joy? Yeah. I want to give you just a few things of what you can be joyful over. Here's the first thing you can be joyful over. You can be joyful over we word joyful because God's joyful. You know awesome? The one concept of, of God that people struggle with is the fact that God is a God of what? Joy. I think it changes your concept of life when you realize, actually, actually God really isn't miserable. <laughs> he really is joyful. In his presence... What is there? There's fullness of joy. So that's his presence. That's who who he is. He's a God of joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now he doesn't say joy with the Lord. He says the joy of the Lord. So how can you have something from someone who hasn't got it? So God is a God of joy. He can give you joy because he has joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The thing that empowers us in life is the joy. Not that we work up, not that we manufacture, but a joy of the Lord. Here's a great verse. Zephaniah. I like to say that. Sounds impressive. Zephaniah chapter 3. <coughs> and verse 17. i are going to have good fun going out today. <laughs> How you put a sleeping bag, that's i will just stay here all day and not go out. Anyway, Zephaniah, Zephaniah 3, verse 17. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save you. There's one to see. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And to take that verse and to personalize it in your life. Sometimes we see maybe okay, God's rejoicing over maybe Israel or, or different people. God is singing over you. God is rejoicing over you. In fact, that, that word there actually means that in you with twirling dance and leaps of joy. You know, that's the way God that's that, that verse means. It means when God sees you, when God perceives you, He actually Twirls round. I mean, he twirls around with joy. He jumps. Up, he sings. He shouts for joy. Because of you. What's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is love, power, and joy in the um, Holy Ghost. One third of the kingdom is what? Joy. Ever ask yourself this, what does the manifest presence of God look like? And you'll find that there's seven things, well I'm not going to talk it, but there are certain things that reveal God's manifest presence. There are healings, they are miracles. And you'll find that whenever God's presence is manifested, the other result is what? Joy. God is joy, that when he manifests his presence, the result is joy. Great joy. Exceeding joy. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of the Holy Spirit. His character is love, what? Joy, peace, long suffering, etc., etc. That's the character of the Holy Spirit. That's the character of God. I think the conduit of the kingdom has to flow through joy. Everything God does flows through joy. It's an attitude. It's the way we do things. It's the way we respond to things. Let me ask you this. If the gospel is to flow and to be proclaimed, how many would listen to the gospel if someone proclaimed it to you, miserable and depressed? Would you think, wow, I I must respond to that? Or would you respond to a gospel message that comes from someone who's full of joy? Joy is a conduit that you respond because people demonstrate joy. How many of you have ever seen those street preachers those people? I've seen them when you go into the city sometimes. You get very, very miserable looking people who tell us all, you're going to go to hell. How many of you have ever heard that? Have you noticed they're the only person there? And nobody listens. Everybody walks away. Everybody avoids them. Because people know the most attractive thing of all is Joy. and God has so ordained that the gospel flows from the conduit of the kingdom and the kingdom is a kingdom of joy the joy of the Lord the atmosphere of joy do you know how God thinks why you think and it's not just the thought you have it's the position of the way you think the bible speaks be renewing your mind by the spirit of your mind so it's not just the thought it's the spirit of the way you perceive things you know how god sees things he sees it not through misery he sees it through joy that's way god thinks and the only way you have a true perspective of your life and your circumstances is when you see it through a perspective of joy if you see things through a perspective of misery and hopelessness you'll never have a true perspective of it is that true but when I see things through a perspective of joy, a spirit of joy, everything looks very differently to when I look at it through a spirit of misery. And if you're going to think like God, you think by the fact that God is a God of what? Joy. So the first thing, we have joy because God's got a God of joy. I think the next thing that kind of, let me just say this, that when the disciples were casting devils out, remember that? And they said, "Lord, it was amazing what we did." We, and Jesus said, "I saw Satan fall. He was disrobed from his position by you doing the will of God and declaring the kingdom." But that's not the greatest thing to rejoice over. Rejoice over the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, you begin to see—you know—you begin to say, "Actually, the most important thing is my position with God. That never changes." Things in life change, but who I am in God never changes. And so when I learn to rejoice of my position of who I am in God, then the result it brings, exceedingly great joy. The next thing that brings joy is when you come clean, or when you come, when you basically are honest with God. I found this. That God is joy, if I only believe that. But also he's kind of Tough on sin. And the reason why that is, is because of, of the fact that God doesn't want anything to get in his way that, that keeps your heart from his. Jesus says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted." Now when Jesus talks about that, it's not just talking about people who are going through a sad time, and that's part of it. But what the emphasis is on is when we mourn. We mourn over the things that have grieved the heart of God. We grieve over it. And it's those things that God says that, that actually bring joy, actually. when we, we actually come clean with God. Because when you come clean with God, you get clean with God. And that's what he's speaking about. He's speaking about this sense that, that when, when we, that, that, that we, we just don't, you know, it's not about the fact that, that the damage it does to me or the mess it makes of my life, but the fact that sin actually grieves the heart of God. And that becomes my motivation. That becomes the thing that stirs me. I get real with God and I begin to tell him the things that are really in my heart. So, I don't just see sin as something that gets me into trouble. I see something that grieves his heart. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. I think this, that when you realize that sin has grieved the heart of God, it means then you come, you get real with God. You, you come before God. You get real with God. You, you come clean with him. I was brought up often in a kind of environment that kind of thought holiness was something very legalistic, if you like. Rules, dress, all this sort of stuff. I've discovered that true holiness is born out of devotion and love for God. That's not, holiness outside of that actually is never going to work. Holiness is born out of God, I just love you. I'm devoted to you. Why would I do that? Well, I can have this. Almost, that's what have saying. I've got, I can have so many amazing things that you want to give to me. Why would I not want to get that and just have this compared to what I can get in you? And that's the thing. And that's what we come clean. David, for 16 months, messed up badly. And he covered it. He never got honest with it. And after 16 months, he said, God... Creating me a clean heart. Lord, well, let me get right with you. You know what the amazing thing is? Is that you might think, well I've messed up so badly, I've you know, I've just really messed up really bad. You know what? There's nothing the blood of Jesus can't take care of. He dealt with it two thousand years ago. So we can live in that continual sense of being clean by the blood of and by the power of Jesus. (coughs) You know what David said? He says, Lord, he says, Lord, I'm filled with such joy because of your countenance, because I'm in that right connection, I'm in that right place with you now. It's interesting, the word comfort. You know what the word comfort means? It means strength to fortify. And so the very place of my greatest struggles, when I get honest with God, when I get clean with God, can actually become the place of my greatest strength. God begins to fortify me. God begins to empower me. God wants to pour grace on things that have dogged us for years. Just kiss goodbye to bitterness. Kiss goodbye to gossip. Kiss goodbye to complaining. Everything that's been trapping you God wants to remove and deal with. And the question that God asks is the first literal question he asks at the beginning of time. Why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? I think God can do amazing things when we allow him to clean us up. When we just get honest with him, when we just get to that place with him. David says, he delivered me because... He delights in me. I just love this fact. I love to see it. That, that when God cleanses us, he cleanses us so we can do amazing things through our lives. Amen. Here's the next thing. That we can have joy because we trust in him. Luke 1, 45. And he would say, if you're honest, when you go through those seasons of unbelief and doubt, how I many you say so that makes you really feel really joyful? <coughs> you say, "I feel really joyful today because I don't believe. I'm really full of unbelief, but I'm really joyful." How I many found that? Is that true? How I many found that there's great joy when you come to a place say, like, God? I'm just going to trust you with this. Look, look at this great story of Mary. It says in Luke one forty five. and he's speaking of Mary here. He says, "Blessed is she who believed." For there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. That word blessed there means exceedingly joy filled. In other words, Mary was exceedingly joy filled because she trusted in God. The more you trust Him, the more joyful you are. Joy comes as a result <coughs> of just trusting Him. You're not trusting in your circumstances because that makes us miserable. We're not trusting in our feelings because that makes us miserable. But when we trust in him, it results in great joy. There's the next thing. We get joy because we can call on him. You know what happiness talking is? How many have you ever said this? I'll be so glad when that's all over. How many of you ever said that? <laughs> that's that's glad that's not joy talking, that's gladness. I'll really be glad when all that stuff's over. I'll be so glad. I only realise that when it's off, when it is over, you're still not glad. Is that true? Look what Jesus said: "Joy comes because you call on Him." John 16, verse 24. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you'll receive. That your joy may be full. I love the fact that joy comes even before the answer comes. Thank God I just trust everything in you and I know the answer's going to come. And because I know the answer is going to come, I'm full of great joy. I think we have joy next when we see the world through his Eyes, when we see people through his eyes. I think instead of looking at everybody through critical lenses, seeing everybody's faults, seeing everyone's shortcomings, how many realize that makes us miserable? But when you begin to look at people through the eyes of God, you see people's potential and it brings great joy. That struck the other day, I was reading the Bible, was reading the New Testament, thinking about it occasionally, even though <laughs> i realize as in this bible were written because people had problems that's true there's a lot of letters we'd never have if if churches were perfect and in the new testament there weren't many perfect churches did you find that the one church that gave poor gray hairs was corinth we have two letters we know there's probably three letters. There may have been more. We've got two of them. And I love what Paul says. And This is the one church that probably gave him more kind of challenges than probably any other church medicine. But look at 2 Corinthians 7. I just love this In the, when you think of the background. When you think here is a, a people that have messed up, have really missed the mark in many ways. I love what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boast on your behalf i 'm filled with comfort i 'm exceedingly joyful in our tribulation. They are awesome. the best way to describe this and i 'm thinking not that i 've done this, but I think it 's probably the best way to do it if I look back in, in hindsight. Think of your children 's bedrooms that are messy everywhere they experience. You know, you could tell them rawr, rawr, get your bed, rar, rar, rar. you done that get your bed, rar, rar, and you just have you ever done that? You know, Have I mean, found it never worked? That's true. You may last for a day, two days, but three days later. Rawr. I wonder how different it would be if we could say this to them. I'm confident <laughs> that you are gonna really clean your bedroom. <laughs> I'm confident. You, when I think of what you're going to do for your bedroom, he brings me exceedingly great joy. I only would think that, I think, I would think you'd probably get a different response. I mean, I'm and this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, you know, even though there's problems and difficulties, I'm confident. I'm ex. when I think of you, I have exceeding great joy. I'm not just seeing all your, your mistakes and your failures. I'm looking at you and saying, you've got amazing potential. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, I've got confidence. I've got great joy. I'm encouraged. In fact, Jesus says to you, I know you've got great troubles. I know you've got great difficulties. But I'm greatly encouraged when I think of you. My joy knows no Boundless, isn't that awesome? And we feel better when you see that way. You see, it stirs you and makes you realize, yeah, I can do amazing things. There's confidence, there's that assurance, and you see things through different eyes. Here's the next thing. I think we have great joy because we minister with Jesus. He didn't say to the disciples, "You know what? I'm coming back to you guys. I better not blow it." Then he said to them, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, but lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. In other words, I'm going to work with you. You're not alone in doing it. Let's do this together. Let's partner this gospel message together. Let's do it together. I love the fact. It always struck me, actually. I always kind of thought, there's something in there. Do you remember the disciples that when Jesus ascended, the Bible says they were up there just staring and going, Wow. And just ascending, they're just staring up into the sky. The angel comes to them and says, "Men, why are you staring up into the sky? Why are you looking?" That's saying Jesus will return in like manner, but this time, don't get working about when He's going to come back. Just get on with the work He's got. He's called you to do. And sometimes we can be staring, looking at all kinds of things. When all that Jesus is saying, just get on with it. Just get on with the work I've called you to do. Look at Acts chapter 8. There is Philip. Now the Bible says that in Acts chapter 8, you'll find this story where the disciples were scattered because of great persecution. Great persecution happened. And so the disciples were scattered. Philip, the evangelist, he went to Samaria. Now it's a kind of strange place for a Jew to go because that's the place where they hated you. <laughs> so almost persecution comes. He says, you know what? I'm going to go to the, to the place where they hate me. And so the Bible says he begins to preach the gospel. He heals the sick. He does miracles. All kinds of things begin to happen. But look, Acts chapter 8, verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. But one translation says, the whole city erupted in joy. Can you imagine the change in Guernsey? People just so filled with unquenchable joy. What's going on on the outside of us doesn't change what's going on inside of us. And you think would the whole of Guernsey could have changed with the power of joy? Anybody believe that? Maybe here today, as I close, Maybe you feel you've lost your joy. The other way to get your joy back is to find out where you lost it in the first place. You know, I'm always—must be my age. When you get to forty, all these kind of things happen. Uh, <laughs> but you kind of—I forget keys. Well, where? did I put my key? Everywhere? Where did I put my keys? And I'm looking everywhere, and then I kind of find them in my pocket or something stupid. Or once I left them in the car. In fact. Two days ago, I left them in the door. I left, I left, them in the door. Now, Angie's actually developing a few of that things, like losing feds things, but she has like, angels that kind of find these things, like rings and all kinds of things. She has like these things. But I'm there and said, so it's so hard to kind of, and the best way to find it is to kind of think back, where did I, where, 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 where was the last time I left them? I mean, is that true? And the way you find your joy, you say, actually, where did I lose it? What is the point, what was the moment I kind of lost my joy? Was it when I lost sight of God? Was it when I kind of allowed unbelief to kind of come in? Was it when I kind of really forgot who was in charge? Was it when I forgot who I really truly belonged to? You know what I found about joy? Joy is a choice. We really don't have to be miserable. Joy is a choice because it's a choice of what you dwell on. You know what's going to happen if I dwell in my past do you think I'm going to be joyful? <laughs> do you think I'm going to be joyful when I'm going to dwell on all the mistakes? How I many think that brings joy? No. See, if I choose to dwell on my past, I'm going to lose my joy. See, if I choose to pray, I'm going to have joy. If I choose to praise, I'm going to have joy. If I'm going to choose to obey, I'm going to have joy. See, the choices that I make actually are choices that can bring me into what? Great joy. So when I make the right decisions and the right choices, the result will always be great joy. i study studied in the, the Beatitudes. I, love the, I really love the Beatitudes. And I looked up what the word bless means. And the word blessed means, believe it or not, demented happiness. That's what it means. I only want demented happiness. I kind of like that. I, I want anyone demented happiness. And really, it's all about attitudes of life. He says, Blessed Lord, those who have demented happiness are those who are merciful. Those who are going to be have demented happiness are going to be those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those, demented with happiness, are those who mourn because they're going to be confident. And you go through a whole list of things. You know, happy and blessed are those that when they're persecuted, they rejoice. And all the list right there, eight attitudes, all result in exceedingly great joy. But all those attitudes will always be down to a matter of what I choose many want to be joyful? I want great joy? I think our world needs great joy. And you and I are the conduits that want to release great joy. Let's just stand before him right now. <coughs> mm. I just believe one of the great things is is the joy of the Lord. It's a joy, the Holy Ghost. It's a spirit of joy. I think whenever he fills a, a life, it always comes with great joy. I don't think I've ever met a person yet be filled with a spirit who was miserable. Have not have found that? I have found that when people are filled with the spirit, the result is great joy. The joy. And it's a joy that actually is not dependent on what's going on on the outside of us. It's the joy that God pours in on the inside of us. And joy means that you just let all the barriers go, all the walls go, and say, Lord, today I'm just going to receive the joy. The joy of the Lord. I love that commodity, the joy of the Lord. Exceedingly great joy. Trying to do this today, just, why don't you just put your hand forward right now? And receive from the Lord right now His joy. Receive the joy of the Lord. Just let Him fill your heart with joy. I feel Holy Spirit. I fill you with His joy. I think we need, in these days, a great dose of joy. He wants to pour joy into your heart. Because he's a God of joy. Why would he want you not to experience what he has? Why would he want you to be miserable when he's full of joy? He's a God of joy. And so he wants you to have his joy. It's the joy that will empower us against every attack of the devil. It's every circumstance of life. The joy of the Lord will empower you to come for those things with the right heart and right touch. Father, I thank you today. You're the God of joy. Thank you, Lord, that you are just so full of joy. Your presence is a presence of joy. Lord, thank you that, Lord, your joy knows no boundaries. It knows no limits. Thank you that your joy is so awesome and so powerful. I thank you today, Lord, that we are recipients of your joy. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But Lord, I pray today that by your spirit today, you would fill every single person in this room with the joy of the spirit. I pray you'd release your joy today. I pray you'd release your joy. that out of their innermost beings would just flow the joy. Lord, I pray that, that, the, that the radiance, that the, the joy of God would just fill every heart and every life. Lord, there will be a new spirit of rejoicing that we would rejoice and be glad because of what the Lord has done for us, Lord. I pray that every war, every barrier go down, Lord. Lord, I loose, Lord, any... I I loose heaviness right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I loose the heaviness right now. And Lord, I release joy into every heart and every life. Fill us, Lord, with exceedingly great joy. Let joy be our strength. Let joy be upon our hearts, upon our lives, upon our lives right now. Let your joy fill every every atom of life right now, the joy of the Lord, exceedingly great joy. And Lord, I pray it would not just be moments that we know joy, but Lord, let it be a lifestyle. I pray we'd wake up in the morning full of your joy. I pray that we'd go to sleep full of your joy. Lord, we thank you that sorrow just comes from morning, but joy is in the morning. Joy is in the morning. Thank you. Joy always lasts, outlasts anything, God. So I thank you for your joy. Release your joy to every heart right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.